if you take it. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're in Titus chapter 3 this morning. Titus chapter 3. And um, what I handed them is something you've probably seen me hand out in times past. And, and I plan on, to be honest with you, pass them out again here um, going forward. Um, we do have three young men in our church who are called to preach. And so we want to give them all the tools that they need. And uh, I handed them out here what I call a Bible study worksheet. You guys have seen them before. It talks about all the questions you need to ask. And... Um, we're going to be talking about questions today, and just so I thought it'd be a useful tool for us to have. In Titus chapter three, we're coming to the end here, and uh, to me, it's been a very profitable book. It's probably going to be a book that I will go to regularly, at least in my own personal devotion, um, just because it's so rich and so on the point as what we should be doing in the ministry. But. Um, the very last thing he talks about, he's been talking about this is the nature of the people you're dealing with, and here's what you need to teach them. And, and we've talked about all the different characteristics and virtues that he's tried to put into their lives. And now he's coming to the end, and he basically says, I, wanna, I want you to avoid some obstacles, okay? Because that's what he's saying here. And so in Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 9, the Bible says this, it says, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Okay? The Bible says a man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the privilege to open your word, to sing your praises this morning. We uh, do pray that you'd be with all those who are apart from us. Uh, some are uh, vacationing and traveling. Just pray, Lord, to give them a time of refreshing and a, a blessing. Father, be with those who might be sick. We just pray that you put your healing upon their bodies. Those who are ministering to others, Lord, that you'd give them just encouragement and strength for their ministry. And Father, do give a conviction to those who, who should be here today. Father, we just uh, dedicate this day to you. We thank you for it. We ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I've been trying to uh, diet and exercise, and uh, so many plans today do not just tell you what you need to do and how to do it, but they put a great emphasis on what you need to avoid. And um, these are things that you might think are good, but they're not. One example is this. is A few years ago, I read that if you were going to go on a diet, that you should snack on almonds. Almonds, oh, they're just so good for you, you know. And, uh, and then here about a month ago, I read another article that said, if you're eating almonds, they're killing you. And I'm like, oh, good news. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I thought I was losing weight eating almonds, and it, and it wasn't working. And, um, uh, and so anyhow, he, he used that word there in verse 9. He says, but avoid, okay, and that's a very interesting word in the Greek, and uh, uh, I, I like to look at those things. It, it literally means, avoid means going around things that stand by you. Meaning this, you need a kitchen table, but don't walk into the corner. Y'all understand? And so when he's talking about avoiding, he's talking about walking circumspectly, paying attention, if you will. And so whenever I walk around this, I always, you know, always try to take an extra step. 
Why? Well, I don't want to trip over it. I don't want to hurt myself with it. I don't want to look foolish. You all understand? And so that's what he's talking about. It's kind of be aware of your surroundings. And he's not talking about things here, but he's talking about people and ideas and just uh, the nature of the world in which we live. And so you have to be in the world, okay? God said, I'm not going to take you out of the world. I'm going to leave you in the world, okay? But we do need to be circumspect, okay? I want you to uh, keep yourself here, but uh, just turn back to John chapter 17 and see where Jesus tells us this. John chapter 17, and look at verse 15. And he says this, this is, this is the Lord's high priestly prayer, if you, if you will. This is, uh, you know, whenever somebody talks about the Lord's prayer, that's really not our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That, that's not the Lord's prayer. That's the model prayer when they said, teach us to pray. Okay, we're not supposed to pray that prayer. He says, here's, here's how you should organize a proper prayer to God. Okay, well here he's actually praying. And so we get to see, if you will, not just the science, but the art. And so in this, he's praying for us, and he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil, if you will, from the evil one, or the things that are evil, or the things that can hurt them, okay? And so he's saying, I I don't want them to be out of the world, I I want them to be in the world, okay? So what does that mean? Well, you got to keep, you know, you got to, any of y'all remember when you first learned how to drive? Some of us in our 50s are still learning, right? You know, one of the things I did is um, my, my stepdad taught me how to drive, and he was very demanding, okay, very demanding. And so just to make sure I was always perfect, I would take and I would move my head over, and I would put an aiming point on the steering wheel, and I would look at the yellow line. I just Until one day he said, you know, if you keep doing that and the guy in the other lane's doing that, you're both going to hit each other. Okay, the whole idea when you're driving is to be aware of your surroundings. And, and I've, listen, I don't want to say this. I don't believe in jinxes anyway, so it don't matter. But uh, I've never hit a deer. I've never hit an animal. Uh, I'm, I mean, maybe at the odd squirrel or something like that. But um, I've never hit a deer. And part of the reason is whenever I'm driving, I don't look right in front of my vehicle anymore. I'm looking half a mile down the road. How about you? And a lot of times you'll see those shining eyes in the ditch, and you're like, I better, better slow down just in case, or at least be aware, okay? Can I tell you, that's what he means by avoid, okay? It's just having your head up, paying attention to what's around you. And here he's talking about, again, people and ideas, okay? So notice, go back to our text, and, and it tells us what we should avoid. And the first thing he says is you need to avoid some ideas. There's some ideas out there that are just not good for you to, to have, Okay? And, and so in, uh, in, uh, in verse 9, he says, but avoid foolish questions, okay? I want you to think about this. He's not saying avoid questions. And I will tell you there are some in this world that would say, how dare you question me, okay? Well, please take this the right way. As, as a parent, if, you're, if your teachings can't stand up to scrutiny, you might want to rethink your way you're raising your kids. How dare you question me? Well, maybe because I loved you enough to ask. You know, um, I, I would tell you this. Sometimes uh, uh, people get sideways with the pastor. How dare you tell me that? Or get sideways with a family member. How dare you ask that question? Or, or get mad at your kid. Dad, why is it like this? And, 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 and uh, you know, I've, and a good parent, I think, will sit down and explain to a child, Here, here's why it's like that, okay? 
But a, a parent who's struggling with parenting might scream, say, just do what I told you. Okay, well, he's not saying avoid questions. Questions are good. Questions are very good, okay? But he's saying avoid foolish questions, all right? Now, there is a difference, okay? Um, one of the things I just handed out, I told you I'd give you that Bible study worksheet, okay? And I want you to look in that, if you would. And those of you who are familiar, one of the things I asked there is at the very beginning, we look at the context. And so I ask everybody, is it Old Testament or New Testament? What book is it? What is the theme of the book? What is the paragraph? And what is the theme of the paragraph? And what is the immediate context? Okay, and that's the first thing that you study right there. The second thing that you do is that you would define your words and definitions and get to know what the words mean. And then you would go down and you see where it says questions? Does it say questions on there? Yeah, there you go. And uh, after you get all your co- context and your content, you make your comparisons, you go through, then you've you got to ask questions, okay? And you guys know the questions. How many of y'all were taught English? Who, what, when, where, why, how? You guys, all those? And so whenever you go to the text, that's what you do. Who, who's he talking to? What's he talking about? Why did he say this? Okay, who, what, when, why? The very last question on there, would y'all look at it? What's the very last question? So what? So what? Okay? And you might think that that's kind of a, a flippant question, but it's not. Because he says avoid foolish questions. Okay? So if you're asking a question, it would be good when you're asking, is this an important question? And by the way, there's some things. How many of y'all, if a child asked you a question, you said, well, you're just not old enough to know that yet. Okay? And there might be some things like that. It's just, I'll, I'll explain that to you someday, but now's not the right time. You don't, you don't need to know about that. But there will come a time, okay? I, did, I, I use it in the math illustration all the time. If you're learning addition, you really don't need to be asking about calculus, okay? Because you're learning addition, you understand? So don't worry about that right now. It's, it's too advanced for you. And, and, and by the way, that's the way it is for us spiritually sometimes. God will say you're not ready for that. I do believe this. I, I believe you can ask any question you want to at any time as long as it has meaning and purpose. But if you're just asking questions to ask questions, sometimes you need to stop and say, so what? What, what does this matter? I will promise you, and you've met them, there's a lot of Christians out there. They, and you guys know me. I like asking a hard question. I do. But every question, if it's a hard one, every question I ever ask always has a purpose. I never ask a question just to show off. I, I, I ask questions to take and to inspire some type of thinking and some type of reasoning, okay? But sometimes when you're reading a text, you've got to say, so what? What, is that, what does that matter, okay? Now, it might be important at the right time in the right place the right person, but it is an important question to ask. So when he says this, avoid foolish questions, he, he is warning us there are some questions that you shouldn't ask. Now, it sounds silly, uh, if you will, and, and so there are, uh, questions are a great tool for discovery. And so he's not saying don't ask questions. Ask questions. Questions are great. And by and large, 99% of the time, they're probably good, okay? But he's, he's talking about that 1% of the time where they're not, okay? Um, matter of fact, God is the one who encourages us to ask questions. Did you know that? Go, go to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. 
you have to pull this a little bit out of context because um, it's, it's kind of God having a conversation with um, with Isaiah, and in a sense, he's debating both sides of the issue in front of uh, in front of Isaiah. And so, in a sense, this is kind of a courtroom right here. Is what's going on, okay? And in verse eighteen, he asks this question: "And come now, help me now. What is that? Just those two words, come now. It's an invitation." It's an invitation. He's saying, come now, okay? And so God is the one making the invitation, all right? Now, if somebody gives you an invitation, are you free to take and to take advantage of whatever he invited you to? Yeah, absolutely, you know? If somebody's having a birthday party, you have an invitation, you've got right to that cake. Don't let them tell you otherwise, amen? And, and, and so, if you will, he's, he's saying that in verse, uh, verse 18 there. He says, come now. Let us reason together. And, and if you will, he's, he's talking about a, a point-counterpoint discussion as in a courtroom. Okay, you make your case, I'll make my case. You make your case, I'll make my case. Uh, what would we call that in another way? That would be a reasonable discussion. Would it not? We're reasoning together. We're having a reasonable discussion. And so come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And then he, and he talks about what they're talking about because the problem is the nation of Israel is sinful and they don't realize it and he says let's talk about this and I'll show you that it's true okay and so the whole point is this is is questions are encouraged by God now sometimes God asks the questions and sometimes we ask the questions all right go to Jeremiah chapter 2 and look at verse 5 Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 5 and God asks a question Okay, God asks a question. He said, thus saith the Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found to me that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain? By the way, can you imagine the pain of that question? That's, that's the question of an abandoned spouse. That, that's, a, that's a question of a husband who's been left by his wife. Okay. And he's asking this question, what iniquity have you found in me? Okay? Listen, God asks us questions all the time in the Word of God, does he not? And, and so it's good. God, God says, I want you to ask questions. I'm going to ask you a question. What iniquity have you found in me? Um, uh, any, anyhow, uh, sometimes God asks and sometimes we ask. Okay? Uh, you remember the Philippian jailer? He heard Paul and, and uh, Silas uh, singing songs and praying all night long, and then the earthquake comes. He had a question on his mind after that earthquake, didn't he? Men and brethren, what must I do to be saved? Okay, sometimes we ask the questions, and, and by the way, we're supposed to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh us the hope that lieth within us. And so not only does God ask questions, and he invites us to ask questions, but he knows that others are going to ask us questions, and we need to have an answer. And you can't have an answer unless you've asked questions. <laughs> you guys understand that? So a lot of times, even in our personal devotions, when you're reading that, any, anybody asks this question, Lord, what's this mean? Amen? And why do you want it to know what it means for your own personal benefit, but you want to know what it means so that you can pass on that message to somebody else? Anybody, uh, Jim kind of shared it this morning. Anybody ever had a really good devotion? You want to tell everybody about it? Amen. You know, so, so get, it, get it in your mind and ask the questions, okay? Because questions can propel us to real understanding. 
One of the best chapters in the Bible for questions is Acts chapter 17. Would you go there, please? Acts chapter 17. And I would actually encourage this to you, those of you who like to go back and study some of these things. Acts 17, for us today, might be one of the more important chapters in the Bible. And the reason is, is he's dealing with people who have questions, and then he has dealing with people who are becomes enemies of those who ask questions, okay? If you're not familiar, in, in Acts chapter 17, at the beginning, he goes to Thessalonica. They don't like the answers that they're getting, so they run him off. And then he ends up in Berea. Berea loves what he's saying. They go home and study what he's talking about. But then the Thessalonians come again and run him off again because they don't want him asking questions anywhere around them. They run him all the way to Athens. And he gets to Athens and everybody's talking about questions. I mean, they're like, as a matter of fact, we'll look at it here in a second. The Bible says they just came to hear or to see some new thing. They just, boy, they love asking questions and everything like that. And so if you will... Um, God's using this chapter to teach and teach us that questions are good. Acts chapter 17, verse 2, notice this. This is kind of the key. The Bible says, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days Sabbath reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Y'all see that? And so point, counterpoint. Did God invite us to the same thing? Come now, let us reason together. Okay? And so he says, You make your point, I'll make my point. Uh, what do you think they were reasoning about? Well, Paul was saying, Jesus is the Christ. How do you know that? Where did he come from? Blah, blah, blah. You guys understand that? And so that's exactly what's going on here. He's reasoning that Jesus is the Christ, and they're reasoning he can't be the Christ, or we don't want to believe that, or whatever. Okay, and, and so they're reasoning. And then, of course, they come to the place where they can't understand. Now, I want you to think about this. But the Thessalonians came to a point where they were not willing to question their beliefs, and then they came to a point where they were going to try to avoid others from uh, uh, doing the same thing, questioning their beliefs, okay? Meaning what? We're not going to allow you to ask these questions anymore, Paul. We're going to run you off. And when they heard that something was going on in Berea, they immediately got on their horse or whatever, and they, and they took and they went down there and said, we're not going to let you ask him here either, amen? Now, they kind of lost influence by the time they got to Athens or something, okay? But... Do, do some people not want you to ask questions? Huh? Anybody ever met a Baptist that doesn't like to ask questions? Yeah. Listen, I have preacher friends that get irritated with me because I ask questions. Now, they might get irritated with me for a lot of reasons. Okay? But I'll ask questions. Um, you know, a, a long time ago I was studying you know, who Judas Iscariot's father was. And I, I came to a kind of a conclusion, at least. I, was, I always tell people I was 51% convinced, meaning that I'm not going to argue about it, but it was just kind of a fun Bible study. And um, this preacher got, I mean, he got physically irritated with me that I had asked a question that he had never considered or was not willing to consider, okay? Not willing to consider. Uh, almost stopped playing golf with me. That tells you how serious it was, amen? Just joking there. But uh, uh, the, why? what would people's motivation be for that, okay? What would people's motivation be for that? Let me see what kind of glasses I got on here. Are these good Baptist-approved glasses I got to ask here? Are they okay? Huh? Nope. Pardon me? Yeah, kind of. 
they're green, but yeah, they, they need to be black. Matter of fact, we got a good liberal back there. You've got wire rim glasses on, brother. You're going to have to sit outside. <laughs> I'm making a joke about that, but there was a time where Baptist preachers preached against wire rimmed glasses. Now, there was a reason for it back then. Today, there's, it's not a reason, okay? Back then, there was a reason for it. But today, there's not, okay? And, um, but people could get exercised about that. And if you said, well, can you show me in the Bible where it says we shouldn't wear, because brother so-and-so preached it. Please take this the right way. If our preaching and our teaching can't stand up to scrutiny, there's a problem with our teaching and our preaching. You all understand? Be ready always to give an answer to every man who asketh you of the hope that lieth within you. Now you say, well, that's with salvation. It's, it's with your standards. It's with everything. How many of you all think you ought to be able to explain to people why you use the King James Bible? How, I, listen, I, I hope I'm preaching to the crowd here a little bit. But how many of y'all think it's important? Yeah, but I'll tell you this. We are the small minority anymore. It's sad to even say that, but we're becoming a small minority. And part of the reason I think that we're a small minority is rather than teaching people why we use a King James Bible, we just got mad when they didn't. Do you understand? And so if, if, if you just shut down the question, well, don't even ask. Just, it's the black back book, and it's the God-blessed Bible, and, 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 and it's the one that built churches, and it's the one that built America. Okay, I, listen, I've heard all the arguments. But why don't you tell them the superiority of the text and why it's important that we hold to that instead? You all understand that? And so even we who have good intentions, I'm just trying to hold on to the old paths. I appreciate that. But if somebody asks you a question, you better be able to defend the question. Now, let me ask you this. How do people shut down conversation about questions? Huh? Say it again. Yeah, change the subject. I, uh, I had a, a professor. He taught me this. Whenever you're discussing things with people, put them on a track, but make them take the train all the way into the station. Okay? Why? Because everybody wants to jump tracks. And have you ever had a conversation with somebody and about halfway in it, they change the subject? What are they saying? I don't want to talk about that. You guys understand? I'm not willing to ask those questions. I'm not willing to answer those questions. Okay? And so if you will, um, if, if people are jumping tracks, it, by definition, they're saying, I don't want to talk about that. Okay? Um, if you want to become good at debate... The best thing you can do is learn how to keep people on one track. Because if you talk about five things in five minutes, how many questions have you answered? Probably zero. But if you can talk about one thing for five minutes, you might be able to answer one question. You guys understand? And so jumping tracks, how, how else? How else? How about pressure? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the attack. Right, and I'm trying to think what that's called, deflection maybe or something like that. What's, what's that? Well, ad hominem means that you attack the person instead of the idea. And so, yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. So, yeah, if they start attacking you instead of attacking your thinking. By the way, 
if we're going to have an argument, how many of you all think we should have it with grace and patience? Okay, uh, same thing. Okay, same thing. Have grace and patience with them. Uh, I will promise you this. I had trouble getting my mind around some things sometimes, and I'm glad some people had patience with me. Okay. You can also put pressure on people. This is the way we believe, and if you don't believe like this, well, I appreciate that. But I would hope that maybe we all think the same way because we're all convinced the same way instead of pressured into believing a certain way. You all understand? Um, let me think here. I, I use the illustration. I, I try to use silly illustrations because there's some things that used to be very important in churches that they, they had no biblical basis, like the color of your Bible. We talked about that, okay? Um, if you don't have a black Bible, people would get bent about that. Well, I had a preacher one time. This was just for fun. This is just a fun illustration, but I was in preaching class, and I had a pocket Bible, and it came my turn to preach, so I got my notes out, and I pulled out my pocket Bible, and he preached. And he said, I'm going to give you an A for your sermon, but I'm going to give you an A-. minus." And I said, why is that? And he said, because you used that pocket Bible. He says, a Bible, when you preach, should be flopping over your hands, and it should just be... <laughs> and I was like, well, brother, I, I think the words are more important than what the Bible looks at. And he's like, no. And he was basically saying, it's, it's for show, it's for effect. And I was like, well... We disagreed on that one. <laughs> okay. And I wasn't trying to be controversial or anything. I just, you know, he was trying to make a point, and I was trying to say that, you know, the stand up for what you believe in. By the way, is it, is it possible for two good, godly men to have different views on something? Yeah. Because you're either at two different levels of understanding, okay, which is possible, or, or uh, you know, it's, they just haven't thought about it or something like that, Okay. And so you can use pressure, you can use ad hominem attacks, you can, uh, 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 you can uh, continually change the subject, you can use intimidation, you can mock somebody. By the way, when you're making fun of somebody or mocking somebody, what are you trying to do? You're trying to, you're trying to shut it off. You're trying to end the conversation, okay? And, and so if you will, I don't believe God would have us to do that. He wouldn't have us to do that here in Thessalonians. Because notice, even in our text here, the Bereans questioned the reasoning that they were given to see if it was sound. We use this verse all the time, but we don't read the context all the time. So we, we read verse 1, they were reasoning in the scripture. Verse 2, they were reasoning in the scriptures. Okay, we saw that. That's what Paul's doing. So he did that in Berea. Okay, and then in verse, uh, go down to verse 10, if you will. And in verse 10 of Acts chapter 17, the Bible says this. It says, And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night into Berea, that's from Thessalonica, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Suppose that's the assembly, that's the church, okay? And these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Meaning, preach it. Man, if it's Bible, preach it. I will tell you this, it's okay to get irritated if somebody's just going to sit down and give illustration after illustration after illustration. i got to be honest with you, that wears me out. Preach the Word. I can, I'm into that, okay? Preach the Word. And so the Bible says they, they received it. They listened to his arguments. They listened to his reasoning. And by the way, it doesn't say they were convinced. But what it does say is the Bible says, and they searched the Scriptures daily, meaning every day's lesson. They went home, they went, and they looked in whatever scripture they had to make sure what they said was true. Okay? 
whether those things were so. And then notice what the conclusion is here in verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed. The Bible doesn't say they believed, that's why they searched. The Bible says they searched, that's why they ended up believing. Okay? And so, if you will, God is the one that's asked us to ask good questions. Amen? But he does tell us to avoid foolish questions. Now, what's a foolish question? What's a foolish question? I'm going to give you a foolish question, okay? And I want you to try to answer me, all right? But what is the sound of one hand clapping? Anybody know? How many of y'all think you might go crazy if you thought about that long enough? How many of y'all, if you thought about that long enough, eventually your mind would just go, Those of you who are not old enough to know that, that's when our TVs went off at 11 o'clock at night. Okay, (laughs) y'all remember that? Um, Um... that is, that is a question. It's, it's, if you ask about a, a religion called Zen Buddhism, that is the question that will come up. What is the sound of one hand clapping? They have other things that they try to do. Is they, I, I read one, uh, the master was pouring a cup of tea, and he just kept looking in the guy's eyes, and he kept pouring and kept pouring until it filled up, and then he kept pouring and he kept pouring. He's just waiting for a response, you know, and then there was some type of lesson in how many of y'all think it might be stupid to pour a full cup and then just keep pouring? Well, folks, if you don't know about Buddhism, Buddhism, their whole goal is to eliminate pain from their lives. And Zen Buddhism believes that you got to remove pain from your mind. Okay? And so rather than teaching you how to deal with pain, they teach you how to empty your mind. Okay? And so they ask you a foolish question and ask you to think about it until your mind goes blank. Now, that's, that's the facts, okay? I'm just telling you that that's exactly what their goal and their motivation is. Well, folks, please take this the right way. That's, the kind, of a, that's kind of a foolish question, is when you ask a question to take and to, if you will, to not come to a, con- a logical conclusion or to try to assess some facts. And, and, and so, if you will... Um, um, Go to Proverbs chapter 9, look at verse 6. Proverbs chapter 9, look at verse 6. Nine and verse six, the Bible says, Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. Okay? So forsake the foolish and live. Do people think about anything foolish in this world today? Anybody got an example? Anybody uh, uh, don't confess to this. Anybody know somebody else who used to watch um, soap operas? Okay, we'll pick on them. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, what in the world did you get by benefited by watching soap operas? And, and all of us are like, yes, good, I don't do that. Now, see, the problem is the soap operas today are called reality TV. <laughs> okay. 
And how many of y'all know most of that stuff's a put on? Reality TV, okay? Do people think about that today? I, I don't know the ratio because I'm just guessing, but it's got to be over half of the television programming in the world today is those kind of reality TV shows, nonsense. Well, help me now. What else is big in the world today besides reality TV? Okay. And there might be some good and some bad on that. I don't know. I don't know. Probably more bad than good. Oh, some of this. Yeah, amen. That's a good point because anybody's got a camera and an outlet now. That's for sure. I read somewhere, and I need to get the statistic again, but like 3,000 hours of content are generated every minute, I think on the internet now. I think that's the number, if I'm not wrong. 3,000 hours a minute is, is up there. By the way, that means you can't watch all the nonsense that's on those, okay? It's a, just, it's a huge number. It's beyond our capacity. What about uh, superheroes? People think about superheroes today? I'm not talking about Baptist at Liberty Baptist Church, guys. <laughs> I'm talking about the world we live in. Okay, they follow influencers. You're telling me you don't think these kids walk around in costumes or? Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Really? So it's gone even worse. Wow. Well, I'm out of the loop on all that stuff. Yeah, they're all making money that way. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> You're talking about tattoos and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, try I'm actually trying to take us somewhere, and you guys are making it so I can't. <laughs> We're still in Acts chapter 17. And the reason for that is this. The Bible says avoid foolish questions. And then the next thing it says, and endless genealogies. Okay? Now, I think we know what the endless genealogies is for the Jews. They were constantly saying, I'm of this tribe and everything like that. And by the way, the only reason God gave genealogies is so that we could know who Jesus is. And then after that, genealogies didn't matter. The only reason somebody would want a genealogy after that is so that they could be proud about who they are. Okay, I don't know if you remember here a few years ago, they had uh, the Da Vinci Code and all that. They were trying to say that Jesus had children. That's nonsense. Okay, those are foolish questions. Okay, endless genealogies that leads nowhere that accounts for nothing. Y'all understand that? But it sounds funny. Go back again to Acts chapter 17. That believe it or not, that's actually what's going on in Acts chapter 17. Uh, anybody here ever read any mythology at all? Mythology? A little bit? No? The only reason I'm bringing it up is we call it mythology. That was their gods. That was their, that was their religion. And when, when Paul went to, uh, to Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17, that's one of the things that they were talking about. Now, um, I didn't write my text down. So let me look down here. 
I'm looking for where it says that he come to hear uh, some new thing. Verse 18. Uh, I'm sorry, does somebody see where it says some new? Yeah, there we go, verse 21. Okay, so start in verse 18. The Bible says, then certain philosophers, okay, those are people who believe in mythology, okay, philosophers, of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered them, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others some, uh, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Aragopas, saying, May we know uh, what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. Oh, that's good, you know, hey, we want to know. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, we would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the strangers that were there spent their time in nothing else but to either tell or to hear some new thing. And folks, in popular culture, some of the biggest things are like Star Wars. And you know what people want to know about Star Wars? All the backstories to all the minor characters. And they, they're continually making shows about this is where this came from, this is where that came from. And they do the same thing in the Marvel Universe. And now they have the DC Universe. And, and you have all these universes whereby people are trying to know the origin stories of all these, quote, superheroes. And please take it the right way. If you ever read mythology, you'll find out a lot of these gods have different creation stories or how they came about, Okay. Meaning this, they were asking those same type of foolish questions. And please take this the right day. You can know everything you want to, and I'll just say about Star Wars. And can I say this? Once you've figured it all out, you know what you know? Nothing. Because you spent all your time asking about foolish questions that have no profit. Okay? And so, folks, he was dealing with that in Acts chapter 17. Okay, and we're dealing with it still to this day. So he talks about ideas to avoid. Just real quick, let's let's go to verse ten back in our text. Then he talks about, if you will, individuals to avoid. Meaning what? Well, people who are a little bit too interested in foolish questions and genealogies. Okay. In, in verse nine, it, gets, it says, "Foolish questions, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law." For they are unprofitable, meaning they don't help anybody, and vain, meaning they're meaningless, they're empty. Okay? But then in verse 10, the Bible says, A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Okay? So please take this right way. How many of y'all know um, the big difference between us and the Church of Christ? What's the big difference? They believe baptism is part of salvation. They may know where the Church of Christ came out of. It came out of a Baptist church. Okay? Their lineage is through a Baptist church. And the problem is, is that one of the men, and I, I'm not going to give you a history lesson right now, but he started to believe that baptism was necessary for salvation. If somebody was to rise up like that in church, in this church, we would come to him and say, Brother, that's not right. Can I show you? Okay? And then they get up and teach it again, say, now listen, we talked to you once. That's unacceptable scripture and will not be taught here. Okay? Well, I'm going to keep teaching it. Well, then you can go find another church. Okay? The Bible says a man that is an heretic after the first and second, give him a chance. Okay? But if somebody wants to argue about it and create contention about it, the Bible says walk away from it. 
Now, listen to me. Anybody here ever been guilty of having the same argument with the same person a hundred times? What's God telling you to do? Walk away. Why? Because if you've tried and they're not willing to listen, they're not going to listen. And if they're not willing to listen to you, the only thing that's going to make them willing to listen is God's going to have to put them through the fire. Now, we're going to look at that a little bit this morning, so I'm not going to go through that any further. But he's talking about after you put all these things on, here's a few things to be careful about and to avoid. And I'll just encourage you to go back and study that for yourself. And we are done.